So myself and Shiba Siddiqui saw a news story in London about a woman who's accused hockey players of sexual assault. And she says the police strongly discouraged her from pressing charges, told her how much work it would be, told her they may not be able to protect her anonymity in the process. Look, they're problematic accusations. That's all they are. They're accusations, but we need to listen to them. We need to understand where they come from, and we need to dig into some of what we know about this specific case. This is a completely separate issue from Hockey Canada and the alleged assault in the summer of 2018, but it speaks to a larger issue. Are people going to be trusting of going to law enforcement and saying what needs to be said if something does indeed happen to them or they perceive something happened to them? That conversation now on Toronto Today. Shiba Siddiqui joins me now. We've got a story. Rick Westhead, obviously uh, the brilliant investigative reporter at TSN, Mm -hmm. has documented that there is a new allegation um, regarding two Western University hockey players, Western Mustangs hockey players, and a minor league player. And a woman says she was sexually assaulted by two men more than four years ago in 2022. The woman went to London police and they discouraged her from pressing charges in both cases. Um, And the money quote for me is from Jennifer Dunn, who I know we've spoken to. She's the director of the London Abused Women's Center. And her quote, police need to go back and figure out what happened. They need to go back and see if there were mistakes. They need to do better for women in the community. And that's going to resonate with a lot of people who hear that quote. She also told uh, him that, or the, them that, that um, the message the police came back with was that this was a lot of work to go through and there was nothing they could do to assure her that her name would not come out. And also that if the alleged assailant was acquitted, they couldn't protect her or prevent him from going where he wanted to. So right there, they're telling her, it's just, we don't want to bother with this. Uh, they also asked her repeatedly if, how, how many times she said no. Oh. I, I feel like, um, there is, okay, so we talk about policing. Okay, mm-hmm. we talk mm-hmm. about what they do, what they contribute. Some people feel maybe they don't contribute enough. Um, it seems that specifically to London police, there, there is a pattern when it comes to sexual assault allegations. Uh, and I'd love to know what the protocol is for when there is a sexual assault. What, what it says in your, in your blue book at work as to how it should be handled. Do you repeatedly ask the person, uh, how many times they said no? Do you remind them that they can't really stop the guy from going anywhere if he gets acquitted? Uh, do you tell them it's just going to be a whole lot of work? Cause it seems like this is everything you're not supposed to do when someone is, files a sexual assault complaint. Uh, and I'd really like to know because it keeps happening specifically to London police. What's going on in London? Yeah, why, why is it so prevalent it's, there? It's a incredibly fair question. And from the London Free Press story this morning, I'll read from it. Five years ago, London police came under harsh scrutiny and national reporting that found the force was running one of the highest rates of unfounded sexual assault complaints in the country where they deem it unfounded. That's when yes. allegations are deemed baseless or a criminal charge is not warranted. Again, will there be a percentage of cases like that? Yes. Will they potentially tell a lawyer, listen, we don't know. And I think that's what's happening, to be perfectly honest and transparent. I think that's what's happened here with this with the Hockey Canada fundraiser. But it does. But where they deem and they're trying to do it a second time, I think there's a huge pressure probably for them to lay charges, for them to find a grievance, for them to find a lack of consent from the woman. But remember when we talked in the summer and the players, because I don't want to stray too far from this case, but I'll say in 20 seconds. Remember when we talked in the summer and the questions were, why would the players' lawyers release these text messages? Why would Mm -hmm. the players' lawyers release this video? And as I said, 
they told those players and those players obviously kept the same lawyers. They didn't fire the lawyers. They said, you're going to not look great here. You're going to look like, to be honest, you're 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 a creep or potentially, you know, you're into some perverted stuff. Seven men, one one woman. Um, you're good. This is what you're going to look like. But this is the only way. This is the only physical evidence we have that documents consent. So we're we're letting it out to the public, and 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 that will. How would I put it? Clear you in the mind of some for for a sexual assault or a rape allegation in the public eye. And they may have been partially successful in doing that. Maybe they were. Maybe they weren't. I can I can't tell anybody else what to think about the allegations. I can only know what I think about them. I feel like there is no worse career than being a lawyer. I'm sorry to all the lawyers out there, specifically a criminal lawyer, because you're just trying to find all of the loopholes you can in whatever way it is. Forget about morals. Forget about ethics. Forget about what's right and what's wrong. It's just getting them off the hook. This particular woman mm-hmm. who has come forward said that she was hospitalized three times between December and December 19th and April of 2021 because of suicidal ideation and PTSD. Greg, you've worked in sports before for a long time. Mm-hmm. Does this... is does this happen in other cities? Why is all, why are all of these complaints coming specifically out of London, Ontario? I don't have a good answer for that. And I'm sure not dodging the question, but I would say there is that sort of idolatry that happens in these junior hockey communities. Many people have documented this. Um, we've got to find a way. When we had Daniel Carcillo on two weeks ago, he just a powerful interview. And he said, don't get me wrong. I love the sport. I love playing it. I love, you know, when the skates hit the ice and you make a perfect pass and the and the crowd cheers. But at the institutions is what he's got a huge problem with. And, and as he said, if some of them burn to the ground, so be it. He's going to be honest about what he's seen, what he experienced, um, the bullying he experienced. And he was an on ice bully, but he experienced a lot of off ice bullying coming the other direction. So here's what I'd say. You've got 15 year olds. There's no other system on the planet, Sheba, that sends 15 and a half year olds into another city, living mm-hmm. in another home mm-hmm. and mixing with 20 year olds. If you go and play college football, college hockey, my sister played college field hockey, you're moving and you're 18 and a half or you're 19 and you're move and you are beyond mature and you're in a full on university setting so why where is it the hockey? school has a reputation. I don't know. I why don't is it know. Only hockey. I wonder why that is, why no other sport other than hockey. And look what's happening. Look at how the conversation around hockey in this country has completely changed. People think it's our national sport. It's not our national sport. We live, breathe, eat, die hockey. So what we're saying about hockey, these conversations that you and I and other people have been having on the air for the last few weeks, months, these conversations five years ago would have been met with so much backlash. How dare you talk about hockey in this yeah. way? How dare you say anything negative about our our sport? We live and breathe hockey. You can't talk about the culture. The culture's fine. You're the problem. Do you remember Jess Allen from the, from the, uh, the social? She was almost canceled and she spoke about the uh, entitlement and racial problems that hockey has uh, with young boys in this country. People just attacked her to the point where she she speaks about how it affected her mentally, her mental health. And this was a few years ago, three years ago, I think. I know, I know. Here, here's the one thing, too. Um, the, what I read in the story is this. And here's, here's where I think a lawyer would pick this apart. And it wouldn't, it, to be honest, here's what wouldn't favor the woman in, in her validity here. And I want police. I, I do agree. They should go back and figure this out and reinvestigate this now that there's new allegations and revelations. Neither of the two men were identified in the TSN report, which quoted the woman describing a sexual assault at the home of the parents of a Western hockey player she had been dating. 
and later the same day at her home by a minor league player. I, so she was assaulted by two different men in two different circumstances in the same day. And I'm not saying that didn't happen, and I sure couldn't corroborate that it did. And by the way, there's every possibility that she was suffering from. It doesn't matter what she was suffering from. It doesn't matter how people can. Well, she's stable or unstable. None of that matters. Was no. she assaulted or wasn't he? I don't doubt that some um, some girls and some boys, by the way, are really troubled by something else that happened years previous. But it doesn't matter. It's either an assault or it's not. You either consent or you don't. Period.